This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White Show. Each week, we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. These issues concern children and adults who may be autistic, have Asperger's, or have mental disorders of any kind. We will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons. Now, let's start the show. Hello, Jenny White. Hello, hello. Hey, May. Hello. Maceo. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear? Yeah, I guess you can hear me. I can hear you. Yeah, but I, I can don't hear, hear you. Else. I can't hear Jenny White. I can't hear her either. Well, maybe she can hear us. Um, give her a couple minutes. Jenny White, okay. can't hear you. So, how are you and your family? I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. You've been you've been getting out and about lately? No, sir. Well you still sheltered in. <laughs> yes, sir. You today need to get I, out of that house. Came, well, today my granddaughter came over here and shaved my head. Oh man. Oh, you wearing a ball head now, huh? Oh yeah. Wow, that's a new look for you. Yeah. How you like it? I like it. You ain't representing uh you ain't uh representing cancer diagnosis, are you? Oh no. I, I left probably like a half an inch. Okay. And and it's probably it's probably closer to a fourth of an inch. Well that's Hello. 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 Anybody hear me? Yes we do. Oh well that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yes, and I'm think I'm thinking that you all ladies are there and men. So we're talking about what we were talking about last week. The mountain is you, and we say, why do we do it? When do we do it? And how we do we stop doing it for good? Coexisting but conflicting needs create self-sabotage. What is that? Sabotage uh, behaviors. This is why we resist efforts to change often until they feel completely futile. But by experience, 
distracting, crucial insight from our most damaging habits, building emotional intelligence by better understanding our brains and bodies, releasing past experiences at a cellular level, and learning to act as our potential future selves, and we step out of our own way and into our potential. So this is the part two from what we were talking about last week. So, okay, guys, you're here. You want to start talking? All right, all right. Yeah, we were talking about, we left off last week with their... uh with self-sabotage and some of the behaviors that are causing it. Uh, we talked about uh, early childhood trauma and some of the things that uh, people deal with as adults that they're still dealing with, um, that they dealt with as children, uh, which is calling, causing them to um, have behaviors that are sabotaging their, sabotaging them from being the best person that they can be. And so, um you know, we're, this is an awesome book called The Mountain of You by Brianna White, uh, W-I-E-S-T. And so we're going to, um, you know, somebody asked me if this is the right audience uh, or d- demographic for this particular conversation. Um, and I don't think that you're ever too old to um, better yourself or make a change if you choose to do so. Uh, some people get set in their ways and, and decide that, you know, who they are at this point is who they're going to be and who they're going to die being, you know. And so uh, they make no apologies for it and make no excuses for it. But some people feel that, you know, hey, you know, I can be better than I am. I'm always striving to be better, and I know that I have some behaviors that have been holding me back. And so with that being said, um you know, this is what this particular series is for, for those people that want to be their best selves. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're not doing anything else, uh, you might as well try to get better uh, at being a better you. So, you know, in uh, starting with Chapter 2 and there, the mountain is you, there's no such thing as self-sabotage. It says when you habituate yourself to do things that move your life forward, you call them skills. When they hold your life back, you call them self-sabotage. They are both essentially the same function. Sometimes it happens by accident. Sometimes we we just get used to living a certain way and fail to have a vision for how life could be different. Sometimes we make choices because we don't know how to make better ones or that anything else is even possible. Sometimes we settle for what we're handed because we don't know we can ask for more. Sometimes we run our lives on autopilot for long enough that we begin begin to think that we no longer have a choice. However, most of the time it's not accidental at all. The habits and behaviors you can't stop engaging in, no matter how destructive or limiting they may be, are intelligently designed by your subconscious to meet and fulfill needs, displaced emotions, 
or neglected desire. So overcoming self-sabotage is not about trying to figure out how to override your impulses. It is first determining why those impulses exist in the first place. So self-sabotage is often misunderstood to be a way in which we punish, deride, or intentionally hurt ourselves. On the surface, this seems true enough. Self-sabotage is committing to a healthier diet and finding yourself pulling up to the drive-thru a few hours later. It's identifying a market gap, conceiving an unprecedentedly brilliant business idea, then getting distracted and forgetting to begin working on it. It's having strange and terrifying thoughts and allowing them to paralyze you in the face of important life changes or milestones. It is knowing you have so much to be grateful for and excited about and yet worrying anyway. We often misattribute these behaviors to a lack of intelligence, willpower, or capability. That is usually not the case. Self-sabotage is not a way we hurt ourselves. It's a way we try to protect ourselves. What is self-sabotage? Self-sabotage is when you have two conflicting desires. One is conscious, one is unconscious. You know how you want to move your life forward, and yet you are still, for some reason, stuck. When you have big, ongoing, insurmountable issues in your life, especially when the solution seems so simple, so easy and yet so impossible to stick with. What you have are not big problems, but big attachments. Huh. I'm going to read that again. When you have big, ongoing, unsurmountable issues in your life, especially when the solution seems so simple, so easy, so impossible to stick with, what you have are not big problems, but big attachments. People are pretty incredible in the fact that they are basically, that they basically do whatever they want to do. This is true of everything in human life, regardless of the potential consequences. Human nature has revealed itself to be incredibly self-serving. People have an almost superhuman way of doing whatever they feel compelled to do, regardless of whom it could hurt, what wars it could spawn, or what future would be put at risk. When you consider this, you begin to realize that if you're keeping something in your life, there has to be a reason you want it there. The only question is why. Okay, can you repeat that again, please? Sure. People are pretty incredible in the fact that they basically do whatever they want to do. This is true of everything in human life, regardless of the potential consequences. Human nature has revealed itself to be incredibly self-serving. People do what they want to do. People have an almost superhuman way of doing whatever they feel compelled to do, regardless of whom it could hurt, what wars it could spawn, or what future would be put at risk. 
when you consider this, you begin to realize that if you're keeping something in your life, there has to be a reason you want it there. The only question is why. Some people can't figure out why they can't seem to motivate themselves enough to create a new business, to facilitate their goals of becoming significantly wealthier, perhaps not realizing that they have a subconscious belief that to be rich is to be egocentric or disliked. Or perhaps they actually don't want to be super wealthy. Maybe it's a cover-up for wanting to feel secure and taken care of. Or their real desire is to be recognized for their art. And as this feels too unlikely to ever happen, they fall back on a secondary dream that doesn't actually motivate them. Some people say that they want to be successful at any cost, yet don't want to log the hours of work it would take to get there. Perhaps because they understand at some level that being successful doesn't really make you happy nor liked. In fact, the opposite tends to be true. Success usually exposes you to jealousy and scrutiny. Successful people are not loved in the way that we imagine they would be. They're usually picked apart because envious people need to humanize them in some way. Perhaps instead of being successful, what many really what many really want is just to be loved, and yet their ambition for success directly threatens that. Some people can't figure out why they keep choosing the wrong relationships. Patterns of rejection, abuse, or refusal to commit seem to be consistent. Sometimes people always wonder why they attract losers or bums. Perhaps they don't realize that they are actually recreating the relationship dynamic they experienced when they were young because they associate love with loss or abandonment. I'm going to read that again. People that have failed relationships are wondering why you keep, you know, attracting bums or people that you really don't know why you're attracting them you don't realize that you're actually recreating the relationship dynamics that you experienced when you were young because you associate love with loss or abandonment. And some people associate it with rejection, in my opinion. Family relationships in which they felt helpless. But to live them again as an adult where they can help the addict, the liar, or the broken person, Some people want to fix people, but some people are beyond fixing. You can't help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. When it comes to self-sabotaging behaviors, you have to understand that sometimes it's easy to get attached to having problems. Some people are comfortable being uncomfortable. Being successful Mm -hmm. can make you less liked. Finding love can make you more vulnerable. Making yourself less attractive can guard you. Going out with a with a bonnet on your head or pajamas, you know, making yourself less attractive can guard you. Maybe nobody will talk to you. Playing small allows you to avoid scrutiny. You're really smart, but you don't want people to know because, you know, they may be critical of some of the things that you do. So you play yourself down. 
Procrastinating puts you back in a place of comfort. You keep putting off things that you know you should do. So you stay in that comfort zone of being uncomfortable, paycheck to paycheck. Or sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't even pay all your bills. All the ways in which you are self-sabotaging are actually ways that you are feeding a need you probably do not even realize you have. Overcoming it is not only a matter of learning to understand yourself better, but realizing that your problems are not problems, they are symptoms. You cannot get rid of the coping mechanism and think you've solved the problem. So what does self-sabotage look like? It's impossible to say decisively what self-sabotage does or doesn't look like because certain habits and behaviors that can be healthy for one person can be unhealthy in another context. So with that said, there are definitely some specific behaviors and patterns that are typically indicative of self-sabotage, and they usually relate to being aware that there's a problem in your life yet feeling the need to perpetuate it regardless. Here are some of the main signs that you're probably in a cycle of self-sabotage. Resistance. Resistance is what happens when we have a new project that we need to work on and simply can't bring ourselves to do it. It's when we get into a great new relationship and then keep bailing on plans. Got plans to go out, but you keep canceling. It's when we get an amazing idea for our business and then feel tension and anger when it comes time to sit down and actually get to work. We often feel resistance in the face of what's going right in our lives. We often feel resistance in the face of what's going right in our lives, not what's going wrong. I mean, everything, you know, sometimes things go right in your life and you feel resistance. When we have a problem to solve, resistance is usually nowhere to be found. But when we have something to enjoy, create, or build, we are tapping into a part of ourselves that is trying to thrive instead of just survive. And the unfamiliarity can be daunting. So how do you resolve this feeling of resistance? Resistance is a way of slowing down and making sure that it's safe to get attached to something new and important. In other cases, it can also be a warning sign that something isn't quite right and you might need to step back and regroup. Resistance is not the same thing as as procrastination or indifference and shouldn't be treated as such. When we are experiencing resistance, there is always a reason, and we have to pay attention. If we try to force on in the face of resistance, it usually intensifies the feeling as we're strengthening the internal conflict and triggering the fear that's holding us back in the first place. So it's Okay, so what do you want the, the person to do? So instead of, um, I can tell you, instead of releasing resistance, instead releasing resistance requires us to refocus. You have to refocus. We have to get clear on what we want 
as well as when and why we want it, preventing us from showing up. And then we have to step back into the work when we feel inspired. Wanting is the entryway to showing up after resistance. So I tell you what, Jenny White, uh, we've got uh, a little little more ways to go. But if you can go to uh, a couple commercial breaks, uh, give us time to kind of recuperate on uh, some of the topics that we've discussed. Give me a chance to drink some of this water, and then we'll come back with uh, hitting your upper limit and talk about that and see how we can uh, be the best that we can be and get rid of some of this self-sabotage or at least be able to identify it. And if we decide that we want to make a change, uh, we're going to talk about ways to do it. So you go to a couple commercial breaks, we'll come back, and we'll keep this party started. Okay, I got you. Question, if you write a book, everybody will rush out to buy it. Obvious answer, no. If you were a celebrity or if you had a huge marketing budget, then maybe you can get a lot of exposure for your book. Another solution would be to check out joeytweets.com. joeytweets.com is a promotion and marketing service with access to over one-third of a million followers on Twitter. joeytweets.com has three packages available to fit any budget. That's J-O-E-Y-T-W-E-E-T-S.com joeytweets.com get some serious exposure for your books as an author you understand the devastation of someone plagiarizing your work but what if someone stole your identity protect yourself and your family with identity theft protection services include credit monitoring credit reports and scores from all three credit bureaus social security number emails credit cards, bank account monitoring, and social media monitoring from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For more information, call 248-525-7680. We'll be back to the Let's Talk About It, Jenny White Show. If you are in need of life insurance, auto or home insurance, or need help in getting out of debt, Call your helpful insurance agents at Prime Financial Services. Did you know if you add a child rider to your life insurance policy, you can add multiple children for the price of one, starting at $10,000 worth of coverage for under $10. Call today for a free quote at 313-293-0979. Mention you heard this ad on this show for a free gift. It's your food bland and you want to spice it up? Does it taste like something is missing? What's missing is my seasoning, which is bodacious seasoning, all-purpose seasoning, good on absolutely everything but ice cream. I'm Linda Porter, President and CEO of Butch's Bodacious Seasoning. To get the spice back in your life, call me at 313-393-2738. You won't regret it. Thank you. We're back 
with Let's Talk About It with Jenny White. Okay, so we're back and we're talking about, what are we talking about? We're doing it. Why do we do it? When do we do it? And how do we stop doing it for good? That's what I want to know. Well, we're going to talk about hitting your upper limit. So as we discussed before, there's only a certain amount of happiness that most of us will allow ourselves to feel. You know, most people are uncomfortable just being happy every day. There's got to be a little drama mixed in there and a little uncomfortability, and then we feel like it's normal. So Gay Hendricks calls this your upper limit. Your upper limit is essentially the amount of good that you're comfortable having in your life. It is your tolerance and threshold for having positive feelings or experiencing positive events. When you begin to surpass your upper limit, you start to unconsciously sabotage what's happening in order to bring yourself back to what's comfortable and familiar. Can't be too happy because something must be wrong. Something about to go wrong. So for some people, this manifests physically, often as aches and pains, headaches, or physical tension. For others, it manifests emotionally as resistance, anger, guilt, or fear. It might seem counterintuitive, but we are not really wired to be happy. We are wired okay, to be Okay, can you repeat that, please? Um, when you begin to surpass your upper limit, you start to unconsciously sabotage what's happening in order to bring yourself back to what's comfortable and familiar. So that means if things are going right in your life, you're starting to make money, you ain't checked the check, you got some extra money here, uh, you're able to do what you want to do, you can plan a vacation, you can uh, go out of town, you might even be able to buy a new car. Uh, what some people do is they start to unconsciously sabotage what's happening in order to bring themselves back to what's comfortable and familiar. If I'm comfortable being broke, I'm really uncomfortable, but I ain't used to having a whole lot of extra. So I got a little, you know, things are just happen to be going, this my season, and things are going well. So what people do is they unconsciously sabotage what's happening in order to bring themselves back to that comfortable and familiar position. And for some people, so it is that wrong? Uh, yeah, it's wrong when you start sabotaging yourself and you don't have to. I mean, when you can enjoy that life is better, you know, And but you reach that limit and it becomes uncomfortable because you're used to being broke. You're used to being not having enough money to do everything you want to do. You're used to paying, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. So when, you know, if you ever get in a position where you're not 
that way, you know, it may feel like you reached your upper limit and you become uncomfortable. So your upper limit is essentially the amount of good that you're comfortable having in your life. It's your tolerance and threshold for having positive feelings or experiencing positive events. You might wake up and feel good today, hear the birds sing, the sun shining, it's 75 degrees, you got, you, you got a full tank of gas, you got, you know, your refrigerator's full of groceries, all your bills paid, uh-oh, something about to go wrong. So, you know, you uh, have reached your upper limit. So, you know, you might start doing things that you're familiar with and comfortable with just because the feeling and the good feeling might be too much because you're not used to it. So they when you begin to surpass be, It could, you know, could not be really good because – they're kind of uh, afraid of what their other co-workers, uh, you know, they don't want them to feel less. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to go up, but when they do, they get kind of shaky because they don't want the people, you know, that she, that well, she or he, you know, you can be getting, you want to go up, but you don't want the people that you work with now, you don't want them to not like you. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, like they say, everybody that come with you can't go with you. So, you know, at different levels, you, you know, you meet different people. And like they say, different levels, different devils. So, you know, the person that you may hang around with, play beer with, with every week, you know, smoke and drink with, you know, maybe that person can't go to you with, on the next level because they're, they're comfortable where they're at. And yeah, but you, you know, I know voice. what am what am I gonna do now that I you know I can have a little bit extra mo uh, money and this other person doesn't have as much. What do I do? Well, you meet new friends. That's what you do. You know, because sometimes those people want to hold you back at their level. They want, you know, because they feel like they're going to lose you. You're going to leave them. You're going to meet new people, you know, and some people are uncomfortable with that, and they stay stuck where they're at. Some people and they do. stay with those people. Yeah, some people do. Yeah. I mean, you know, self-sabotage. Um, when you begin to surpass your upper limit of happiness, you start to unconsciously sabotage what's happening in order to bring yourself back to what's comfortable and familiar. Because for some people, this manifests physically, often as aches and pains, headaches, or physical tension. 
For others, it manifests emotionally as resistance, anger, guilt, or fear. It might seem totally counterintuitive, but we are not really wired to be happy. We're wired to be comfortable. And anything (laughs) that is outside of that realm of comfort feels threatening or scary until we are familiar with it. So if you got a million dollars and you're used to only living off $50,000 a year, then that million dollars is going to put you in a whole level of uncomfortability. And so... But I don't want to lose my friends. Well, like they say, show you your friends, I'll show you your future. So, you know, if you're in another, if you're in another tax bracket and you hang with people that's broke or people that's not, uh, a lot of those people are going to be jealous of you. A lot of them are going to be haters because when you hate, you hate up. You know, you don't. You know, people that hate on you hate because they they wish they they either were you, had what you got. You know, you don't hate on, on on somebody that's got less than you. You don't hate on a homeless person. You ain't saying, "Well, I wish I had that box to live in." You know, I I wish I was staying in Tent City with nothing to eat. You know, you don't you don't find people hating on on those on people that have less than them. So. How you resolve No, but it you're going to find people like that. Oh, you're going to have haters at every level. But the thing is, how do you resolve it? It's when you hit your up, upper limit, it's really a great sign. It means that you're approaching and surpassing new levels of your life, and that is first and foremost something to congratulate yourself for. The way you resolve an upper limit problem is by slowly acclimating yourself to your new normal. That's why somebody asked me, is this the demographic for this particular conversation? I mean, you know, you got people that are 50, 60, 70 years old on this podcast, and at that age, you know, some people are retired, some people are on disability, some people are, you know, where they are, and some people are going to die where they at. You know, but then you have people that are listening that are still uh, striving to be better, whether it's, you know, they have an art that they're they're working to perfect. They've got a book that they want to write. They've got a movie they want to produce. Um, you know, there's still something there that they want to manifest before they die. You know, we're all put here with a purpose. And so... Uh, I don't think that you're ever too old. Now, if you say you're too old, then you're too old. If you say it's too late, then it's too late. But if you say, you know, I still have hope to do something better, whatever that better is for you, then it's not too late. I mean, as long as we wake up every day, then you have a day to be better than you were yesterday. Now, what you do with the day is on you. Now, if you don't do nothing with it, that's on you. It's a wasted day. You know, you're a day closer to being dead. But if you wake up and, you you know, you make a step towards doing something better for yourself, then that was a productive day for you. So instead of shocking yourself into big changes, allow yourself to slowly adjust and adapt. By taking it slow, you are allowing yourself to gradually resist, reinstate a new comfort zone 
around what you want your life to be. Over time, you gradually shift your baseline to a new standard. Uh, something that I started doing is meditating and, you know, meditating and praying uh, every day in the morning. Uh, my wife got me into it. Um, she had been doing it, and it, it's been working for her. So I told her, you know, hey, what you doing? You know, I want to mm-hmm. get plugged into what you doing because I see, I see it's working for you. You mm-hmm. know, I want it to work for me. I don't want to be left behind. So, you know, I started meditating and praying every morning, and it has worked wonders for me. I mean, you know, um, it keeps you, it keeps me at a level pace during trying times. It has allowed me to establish a more uh, faithful and trusting relationship with God in regard to what he's done for my life, what he's doing in my life. I'm thankful for what he's done and what he's doing, and I look forward to the things that he's going to do for me in the future. Uh, So, so, you know, it has definitely worked for me because sometimes we get overwhelmed by life and its circumstances and what it looks like. Um, And sometimes, you know, the burdens are just too much for us to bear. And so, you know, when it becomes too much for us to bear as human beings, sometimes we stroke out. Sometimes we have heart attacks. Sometimes we manifest illnesses. And therefore, you know, that's what we deal with. Uh, Sometimes it, it forms negative thoughts. We don't have any belief in a higher being or, you know, um, uh, a God that is able to provide for us in, in times that we're, we fall short. And if you don't believe in that, then, you know, you're relying on your abilities and, and by no means are we able to recreate the earth and everything in it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we get stressed out. Our blood pressure goes up. Uh, um, you know, sometimes people get reckless with their behavior because they have no hope, you know, in their in the future. And so they, you know, they eat bad things. They just have bad habits. You know, some people, you know, just, you know, spend all their money going debt. Some people just eat themselves, eat, just eat, 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 because it's comfort and it makes them feel comfortable. Some people have sexual addictions, you know, because, you know, they're they're trying to mask the pain that they're really feeling. And so with those behaviors, you know, we find ourselves obese. We find ourselves sick. We find ourselves mentally ill. We find ourselves in all types of conditions. And then, therefore, you know, uh, it's hard to get rebalanced. And it's hard to focus on our purpose because at that point we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to wake up and make it through another day. So, you know, but I believe when you have a higher power, you know, I believe you make the first step and God opens doors that you couldn't couldn't even imagine. 
Hmm. And and therefore, you know, it stretches the the, the little money that you got. You're able to, you know, pay your bills with it. You don't know how you did it, but, I mean, it happens. And so there's a lot of people that have testimonies about their life and their faith. And some people, you know, just so instead of shocking yourself into big changes, allow yourself to slowly adjust and adapt. By taking it slow, you are allowing yourself to gradually reinstate a new comfort zone around what you want your life to be. I mean, if you want to be a better person, you know, you have to take the first step to do it. You know, you can't start, you know, at at second base, third base trying to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to start. You you got to walk before you got to crawl before you can walk. You got to start at the kindergarten level and work your way up. So over time, you gradually shift your baseline to a new standard. They say you do something for 30 days consecutively, it becomes a habit. I started working out. And I don't work out. I try to work out at least two, three times a week. Sometimes I work out once a week. Sometimes I work out twice a week. On a good week, I work out three times. Sometimes I won't go work out three or four weeks. You know, I mean, it happens. Sometimes, yeah, I try to watch what I eat, you know. Sometimes I eat good, sometimes I and, uh, and sometimes I, I eat the wrong foods and, 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 and drink too much, you know. But I, um, I'm conscious of my journey. And so it has allowed me to be in a position where I get compliments on, on what, where I've become, um, you know, and how good I look for my age. Um, and I mean, I, I look in the mirror and I see myself and I, and I thank God every day that I don't look like what I've been through. You know, um, mm-hmm. I thank God that, you know, I've cut out, mm-hmm. you know, my wife has changed our diet and, and we both have, have lost weight and, and, you know, and, and we're eating better and, She's lost weight, and and I've lost weight. You know, my stomach is no longer bloated. You know, from drinking and you know drinking late at night and having a beer or that you know alcohol sitting on my stomach all night or eating late and all that. You know, those type of habits. Um, you know, um, things have changed, and it's it's like wow. You know, there's been a transformation, and other people can see it. And so, you know, I'm not just reading this book to tell you about what the book says. I'm telling you about what I'm living, you know, and and what I'm going through. You know, it's not easy, but, uh, you know, uh, God God is amazing. And there's levels. And everything has been written for us already and we just have to do what we have to do to get it some people don't do the work so they never reach the levels and the blessings that god has for us uh, i mean we can be we could be more than we are we could be we could be amazing we could be we could be wonderful extraordinary but some people quit before they reach that point some people give up some people lose sight. Uh, some people get distracted. 
Some people have low self-esteem. Some people just feel it ain't for me. Hmm. But that's a lie that the devil tells you. That's a lie that, you know, he wants you to believe. Um, And, you know, and he tries to take you out every chance he gets because he knows that, you know, we are powerful and that we can change somebody's life that can change somebody else's life. I mean, today, just to give you an example, you know, one of my cars was, you know, squeaking while I was driving. I'm trying to figure out what the squeak is. You know, I know all the brakes have been changed. The road has been changed. What's going on? You know, but I found out, you know, three of my lug nuts on one of my tires was missing. So somebody had tried to steal my tire off my car, Hmm. you know, which was, which had God not intervened, I, you know, me or my wife would have been riding down, riding down the street and the tire would have flew off, which would have caused a major accident and possibly death, you know. And so uh, I drove, the, you know, the vehicle, you know, and, and couldn't figure out. I took off three tires off of this car, knowing that, you know, it shouldn't be a brake issue or a rotor issue. I just couldn't figure out where the squeak was coming from. So I asked my wife to listen to it. She listened and said, okay, I think it's coming from this tire. I said, get in the car and drive it, and I'll see what I hear. So as soon as she got in the car, before she even moved the car, I looked at the wheel and saw three lug nuts was missing, three on there, and three was gone. So, you know, so the devil's busy. And, you know, this ain't the first attack that he is. He's put on, you know, it ain't the first attack, and it won't be the last. But all I'm saying, when it comes to self-sabotage, we have to recognize those things. You have to have a level of faith, whatever you believe in, you know, whatever power you you believe in is greater than you. And you have to, you know, put one foot in front of the other. You have to make one step and then make another step. And it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes, but you just have to change your mindset. It's a mindset change. It's a reprogramming. Uh, You know, there's so many systemic things that are put in place in our lifetime that we've come against, and and it's just that sometimes we can be uh, hamsters on a treadmill, you know, and we're just running in place, you know, to the point where, okay, this is my life, this is what it is, this is what, I, you know, this is what it's going to be. It ain't going to get no better. Hopefully it don't get no worse, and uh, this is what it's going to be till I die. But I don't believe it has to be that way. I think that, you know, if we make a decision to change, then it's just a matter of finding out what the first steps are. That's what we're talking about right now with the mountain is you. We're, for the most part, we're our biggest handicap. We're holding ourselves back. It ain't other people. It's us. You know, we've lost faith in ourselves. We've lost confidence. We no longer believe that we're as great as we once think we are. You know, we're, we, you know, we used to be fine. You know, but now, you know, we're not as fine as we used to be, so now we're not as confident as we used to be. Um, But it's just a mindset. And once you change your mind 
then everything around you change. People change. The way that people deal with you changes. So um, I'm a firm believer. You have to do it. And if you're going to be here and you're going to be living and you're going to wake up every day and go to sleep and wake up again, then you need to be doing something to make yourself better. You need to be doing something to help somebody else become a better person, you know. Um, So uprooting happens when someone finds themselves jumping from relationship to relationship or changing their business website again and again when they really need to focus on confronting relationship issues when they arise or taking care of clients they already have. In uprooting, you are not allowing yourself to blossom. You are only comfortable with the process of sprouting. It might be consistently needing a fresh start, which is often a result of not having healthy ways to deal with stress or struggling with conflict resolution. Uprooting can be a way of diverting attention from the actual problems in your life as your attention must go towards reestablishing oneself at a new job or in a new town. Ultimately, uprooting means you are always just beginning your new chapter but never really finishing it. Despite your efforts to keep moving on, you end up more stuck than ever before. I mean, sometimes we got people that will cut you out in a minute. You know, it's hmm. like, hey, you, you know, you caught me on the wrong day. You got the right one. You know, but sometimes <laughs> it's like, you know, all right. Uh, I ain't that. What did you say? Hello. Okay, Carrie, okay. I would like to say that most of this um, you were saying is true. It's true. And we need to help and try to go better. I mean, if somebody wanted to, wanted you to stay down there because they were down there, maybe you're going to do it for a couple of months, and then you have to wake up and say, no, this is not working for me. So you have to do stuff like that. So I think that was really good. I, you know, anytime you can get yourself in a better position and then you have other people and you know, you know, you know, that if you're not going, if they're not going up, they're going to try to talk about you and, you know, do stuff like that. But you have to do what you have to do. That's all I can say. You just have to do what you have to do. And I know there are a lot of people that, oh, man, I think he's a really nice guy. I really I don't want to have to leave him. But what you can do is try to bring him up, you know? 
some of that. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking of what do you guys think? What do you think? Do you think that it's the friend that you really like, but you're growing up? Should you stay down there? Okay, hold on. I have someone that wants to make a phone up. Hello? Okay. No, they didn't see anything. Okay. But, you know, I'm just saying, if you want your friend to go up like you did, wouldn't it be nice if there's some kind of way you can help them get up to? I mean, that could be the way that you do it. You know, you don't have to do that. You can stay down there for 30 years if that's what you want to do and you got the same old uh, people that you've had for 30 years and every Saturday you guys go and eat breakfast at, uh, what is it, the big boy <laughs> I mean, you know, but uh, at I, I don't know if you've been there for thirty years and you have never gone up. I don't think you're going. I I think because if you've been there in that one spot for thirty years, I don't think you would be able to do something different. Now, I'm just saying, but if that's what you want to do and you want to sit there and you guys are friends and, you know, that's what you did. And then there are people that come in and go and then some go up. They're going up and you wonder what happened. Well, what happened to so-and-so? You know, He didn't stay here long. No, because he wanted to go up. So, you know, they're all things. They're all kinds of things. All kinds of things, you know, can happen. But if it's you and you want to go up, then go up. You know, take your family and do what you want to do. But if you want to sit there and, I don't know, (laughs) the wife might be gone. (laughs) So I don't know. um, This is what Mr. Coleman was talking about. So if you guys or anyone has a comment, you can just, uh, put the one out there so we can see it and if you had something you might want to say. So, no one wanted to say anything. Well, I'm hoping that you liked 
um, what was going on, what was said. And, you know, some things are very, very true. And I'm sure that you guys know that. And you might want to think maybe, hmm, maybe I need to change this or change that. I mean, we shouldn't want to just be in a a place and that's the only place we can be, you know, because I I don't want to be up there because I know Mr. So-and-so is up there and, oh, no, I stay down here with, with all the rest of them. Well, you know, it's your choice. It's your choice. You can either go up or you can stay down. So, and having said that, I'm going to say if you guys don't have comments that you would like to make, I will say this little something. Okay. A wise man once said, Be careful who you let on your ship because some people will sink the whole ship because they can't be the captain. Now, having said that, I thank you for being here. And hopefully next week that you will have something that you would like to let us hear. It will be fine. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here. I really do. It's always good to see people. So having said that, this has been Let's Talk About It with Jenny White. White and tonight is over. Thank you. Talk to you next Friday. And that's the 19th. Okay, have fun. Bye-bye.